0: It's episode 11 of the ADR podcast. Some pretty big meta news to start things off. I now have a new website. This is not hosted on Tumblr anymore. It's hosted on Squarespace. They're not sponsoring this podcast, but every other podcast I listen to is sponsored by Squarespace. So I thought I'd give it a shot and make this podcast the best it can be. The new website is brianhamilton.info, and the website kind of doubles as a little online resume for me. It's a work in progress, but I'll be getting some more stuff up there eventually. But on that new website is an ADR tab, which is where this show is now hosted, and there's now an RSS feed where you can uh, point your favorite podcatcher or iTunes or anything and get this delivered to your device every day. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Northeastern Film Club. Um, Every Wednesday night, we get together and watch a movie that we all voted on. And tonight's theme was heist movies. I nominated Ocean's Eleven, the remake with George Clooney. Um, What won was my friend Ben's nomination, Reservoir Dogs. Of course, the major draw to this movie is the fact that it's Quentin Tarantino. As great as he is, I feel like he's kind of become a punchline. He makes good movies, but I feel like Tarantino himself is a jerk. Uh, One of my friends from back home pointed out that the Like a Virgin monologue at the very beginning of this movie, of course Tarantino gave it to himself. Of course he cast himself in the movie, and the first thing that you see on camera is him ranting about Madonna's song. It's like, why? Are you really that self-absorbed that you're going to give the best bit of dialogue in that scene to yourself and then kill yourself off later? I I don't get it. I'll admit that was a minor spoiler, but this movie is told so non-chronologically with little bits of information dispersed throughout the whole thing. I honestly believe that Tarantino's character dying is the least important part of this movie. I forget what his name is, even. I completely forget what character he plays. Which brings me to the next point, uh, the names. I think the names are one of the coolest things about this movie. They're all dressed the same, they're all named after colors, they're all practically anonymous, which gives them some really interesting dynamics. Like all the stuff about Mr. Orange being shot, and then Mr. Pink freaking out because Mr. White told Mr. Orange his name. At the beginning of the movie, it's just a bunch of guys that are all dressed in suits, named after colors, and we don't know them as well as they don't know each other. The audience is just as confused as the characters, and we need to figure out just as much as they do, who these people are. You know, on that note, this is a heist movie without actually showing the heist. So this movie focuses on the planning and then the fallout where they try to figure out who let the police in on this operation. So it needs to focus on these characters, and it's fascinating because these characters are all so interesting, and they're all acted so well, too. Steve Buscemi and Harvey Keitel, oh my god, their scenes together are fantastic. But they still manage to be compelling characters regardless of the fact that it's almost impossible to tell them apart at face value. Tarantino had set aside $50,000 of his own money to shoot this movie on his own, he was going to play one of the larger characters, but then when the script started getting buzz and actual actors wanted to audition for it and be in it, he changed his plans and he was able to make this movie a lot better than it would have been as like a little independent $50,000 production. But the fact remains that when it was going to be a $50,000 production, the script still had to be the star. He had no money to do any special effects or hire you know, well-known actors. It was literally going to be these characters in a warehouse duking it out, figuring out what the hell happened at this heist. So that's still the strongest part of this movie. That was what had to be strongest in the very beginning, but it's what ends up being the strongest at the point where it is now. Watching these dialogue scenes escalate from calm discussions of what happened into major accusations about working with the police is so interesting, and it's what makes the movie what it is. It's why one of the most iconic parts of the movie is that one frame of Harvey Keitel and Steve Buscemi aiming their guns at each other. Tarantino writes these great dialogue scenes that really have nothing to do with the plot. They just kind of... are there. You know, there are weird discussions about pop culture, tons of references to old TV shows no one watches anymore. But for some reason, they feel essential to his movies. I don't understand why they're so good. It's like French New Wave films. They have such great scenes of just hanging out and frolicking and doing fun things, and they're so compelling, but they don't really add anything. They're not really anything special. Yet in the hands of someone else, like someone not as experienced or talented, these scenes would be crap. These scenes would be cut immediately because they don't add anything. But with Tarantino, I can't imagine this movie without the Like a Virgin monologue at the beginning. Again, he's a pompous ass but I honestly don't mind because he makes great movies. Even though some of the stuff he does and says really pisses me off, I will watch all of his movies. He's just that good. Between takes, I just watched Tarantino's acceptance speech for Django Unchained's original screenplay. (laughs) He is such a jerk. You know, when people remember my movies in 30 years... It won't be because of the actors, it's going to be because of the characters I created and the people that I cast in their roles to make them come alive. So thank you very much. He is so self-centered, it's not even funny. There's this great moment where it cuts to Jamie Foxx while he's saying this speech, and his eyes are wide, his mouth is hanging open, he is stunned that he said this stuff. Although at the end of his speech he says, I'm so glad I won this year because all the competition is so good, this is the writer's year. And that makes me happy because Moonrise Kingdom was nominated the same year as Django, and I think it deserved a win much more than Django. Although I'm very happy Tarantino finally beat Mark Bowl and feel some sort of satisfaction in beating the guy that beat him in 2009 between uh, Hurt Locker and Inglorious Bastards, I really don't think Django deserved the win that year. Moonrise Kingdom was my favorite screenplay that whole year, and I don't think that Django's script is on par with Pulp Fiction, especially when Inglorious Bastards lost. My tangent is over. Rewind back 20 years to Reservoir Dogs in the early 90s, Tarantino's script really made that movie what it is. And even though his scripts have definitely grown and evolved over time, and they've become a lot more disjointed, yet interesting, and they have these great characters. But I feel like Reservoir Dogs is his most contained movie, especially because it all takes place in one warehouse building. And in that case, it works, because he really couldn't do much more than that. He had this great script... And not much money to do it. I remember, $50,000 he wanted to make this movie with, so he had to keep it small. In his later movies, his screenplays become so much more sprawling. I think Inglourious Bastards is actually his shortest movie. Sorry, sorry, no, not Inglourious Bastards. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. That's his shortest movie. You know, Inglourious Bastards, it bounces around Europe and everywhere and focuses on so many characters. Kill Bill, Uma Thurman travels around the world. Those aren't necessarily negatives. But I feel like because of that, Inglourious Bastards and uh, Kill Bill really kind of lose something in how sprawling they are. Reservoir Dogs is so contained that all of the characters have their time to shine, run their full course, and it makes for a really compelling movie. So this is what we're watching at Film Club tonight. I'm really excited to show this movie to people that haven't seen it yet. I think it's going to blow their mind. Tune in tomorrow for another Film Club-related discussion about Vikings.